Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Casket Minds podcast, your almost weekly destination for all things gaming, including the latest gaming and industry news, in-depth reviews, impressions, and much more. As always, I am your host, Mitch, alongside Drewby, Drewby, Drew. What is up, Drew? Well, uh, you know, right before we were podcasting or started recording this podcast, we were playing some Fortnite. I'm pretty upset that we didn't end with the Victory Royale, honestly. Yeah, same. Uh, man, we are back on the Fortnite grind. This oh, new yeah. build thing, dude, It's it's got me back in, you know what I mean? I can't stop playing it. Yes, sir. We were playing with the no other than the Walker Texas Ranger, Jimmy Jim. The one and Jimmy only. Jim. The one and only. Is he real? Is he not? We don't know. We'll never know. <laughs> uh, but we were playing with him. Uh, the audience just doesn't know that. You know what I mean? For um, sure. Again, thank you guys so much um, for all your support so far. I apologize sincerely for not bringing a episode to you last week. We were originally planning on doing the FTC versus Xbox topic. Unfortunately for that, court cases never turn out on time or in a timely manner, so we were not able to do that. We're still not able to do that, quite frankly, just because um, the hearing is over, but now the decision has to be made, right? So until we get more information, like there's there's more information coming out every single day, and obviously we need the verdict. and until we get that, we don't want to do a super deep dive on it, but the majority of this episode will be some of the highlights of what we know so far and what's come out, um, because they, there's a bunch of huge media outlets now that have been sitting in on the courtroom, like the, the courtroom case. Uh, I know IGN has a correspondent in there, so we've been getting information out, which has been fantastic because... There's a lot of things that are hidden within the game industry, especially on the Xbox side. So it's really nice to see some uh, real deep dives into both the financial side of it, like their mindset, um, their their future, and where they're wanting to go. So I, I think it's really interesting stuff that's coming out. Um, I believe that I've read that the... There's a... It's not like a hard thing, so don't like a hard date is what I'm talking about. Um, So do not take that as concrete. This is happening on this date, but the date that I've read that Microsoft has kind of wanted to wrap this up by is July the 18th, which is in two ish weeks, about a week and a half, two weeks. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully we get a verdict by then, but if not, um, we will be bringing content to you next week. Anyways, we just don't know what that is or looks like at the moment. But look forward to another episode of the Casket Minds podcast if we do not get the verdict before July 18th. Uh, And then once we get that, we'll be doing a super deep dive onto everything and everything that you need to know about the FTC versus Xbox. But for this week, Jerby, what have you been playing? Let's, let's, Let's have a nice little chat. You know, E3 season's over. Summer Game Fest is over. So uh, we're we're taking the podcast in the direction that it's likely going to be looking like for the future until, you know, E3 season again. But for the actual Casket Minds podcast, uh, let's talk about what you've been playing. Yeah, so, I mean, I mentioned Fortnite already. So I've been playing a lot of Fortnite, um, grinding out that battle pass and everything. Uh, I've also been playing some Rocket League, get, getting back into that. I haven't played it, mm-hmm. played it like consistently in years, so uh, that's been a lot of fun. Um, I still play Rainbow Six Siege here and there, uh, a little bit of Tarkov, but that game makes me really mad, <laughs> but I still play it anyways. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I've, I'm slowly making some progress in... Final Fantasy 16. Uh, not as much as I'd like, but you know, gotta do what you gotta do sometimes. Very true. Um, I'm pretty much about the same. I, I've I've not gotten as much time as I wanted to with Final Fantasy, and that's that. It's both my fault and isn't my fault because like the little free time that I do get, um, I haven't been in the mood to sit down and be like. I want to watch or play Final Fantasy because it's very, it's like while I enjoy cutscene heavy games and like linear games, that's not what I want right this second. 
Yeah. And I know that if I sit down to play that, you know, if I only get to play for like an hour or two, right, I know that a good majority of that is going to be spent versus playing. And when I'm in like a gaming mood, um, like where I want to just like have like actual gameplay and like throw like a podcast or something in the background and like, you know, just gain some information and chill out. Um, that's not what I want right now. So I've been playing a lot of Rocket League, uh, Fortnite with Drew and Jim, and as always, FIFA, because I'm a huge footy fan. And um, True. It's, it's transfer window season, so we're getting new signings in for my club, Manchester United, so that's making me have the itch to go back and play. Same thing with NHL. I picked up NHL 23 again as well. Um, I'm very heavy on sports games because I love sports. So we like sports and we don't care who knows. Um, <laughs> so I want to get more into uh, Final Fantasy 16. I just don't have the time currently. I probably won't until the end of the month, sadly. But um, I keep thinking about it. But it's just not what I want to play right now. And that's why yeah. we're playing some Fortnite and Rocket League. Um, yeah, so that's what we've been up to. Uh, drop below in the comments what you guys have been playing. Is there something that we need to be playing multiplayer-wise? Because Drew and I are looking for more multiplayer games um, to play together. We might get into the the, the uh, streaming realm just to you know throw throw us on there, make some content that way. Uh, just play some games together. It'd be very fun. Um, we're likely going to get Remnant Two at the end of the month. So until then, we need something that isn't Fortnite. Unless you want to see us play Fortnite, in yeah. which case, um, we can't invite Jimmy Jam because no one can know if he's real or not. You know what I mean? Oh, exactly. He's like a ghost. You know, if you take a picture of him, he's not going to be in the picture. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but transitioning from there, this is going to be a very news-centric episode, y'all. Uh, so buckle in with us. And what we're going to do first is we're going to hit the highlights of the Xbox versus the FTC so far. What has come out. Uh, in the four days, I believe, there were of hearings. Uh, we're going to hit what we think you guys should know about and then talk about them ad nauseum uh, whenever we see fit. So let's dive right in. The first little tidbit that we're going to get into is that Xbox has submitted that they're third and have lost the console wars. Now, this is coming from them saying this. And when when this came out, I kind of got a little chuckle because I'm like, they're doing this so that they can acquire Blizzard, Activision, you know, Activision, Blizzard, whatever. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, they're not wrong. It's just super funny to hear that because it's it's not something that, like, PlayStation or Nintendo or even Xbox will acknowledge. But the fact that it's brought up in a court case is hilarious to me. Seriously. <laughs> and so when, when that came out... Uh, for some reason, my Twitter feed is nothing but, like, massively savage Xbox fans, and I don't know <laughs> why it is. It's because, because that algorithm likes to show things that you hate. Dude, let me tell you something. I'm not going to go on a huge tangent about Twitter since Elon bought it, but my Twitter feed has gone to absolute hell since that man has acquired Twitter. Seriously. Uh, thread sweep. Go download it. Yes, threads sweep. Actually, we should probably throw up a... Um, page for that now that we can yeah, do that. Yeah, for sure. Because they just dropped, what, a day or two ago now? So we need, we need yeah. to get on that. Uh, but regardless, um, my Twitter feed was very interesting that day because it feels like the console wars are getting heated up again. It feels like, you know, where we were a decade ago when Xbox was on top and it kind of made sense for them to be super rowdy and obnoxious, but at this point, <laughs> there's absolutely no reason for them to be, so I don't really... Um, understand that but yeah what, what what did you think when you saw that comment yeah i i know i agree like i thought it was hilarious um it's just wild that this is something that was heard in a in a court case it wasn't like some twitter post <laughs> or something like that like the, this is a real thing a judge was sitting there listening about console wars like i don't know i just think that's absolutely wild um because that like it's it's like a fever dream dude like you wouldn't think in a million years that something like that would happen but no it's real um and i mean like 
I will say, like, I they're not wrong, like, at all with their statement. They are, like, third in the, in this, like... Like, the hardware sales platform. Yeah, business. yeah, exactly. So, I mean, they're, they're not wrong in that statement. Um, but, it, like, the way that it was brought up is just great. Uh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, for all you, uh xbox stands out there uh, you're gonna have to do a lot of defending now that it's it's official they're third all right so sony ponies light up xbox <laughs> <laughs> i i the, when it came out that day like there was a bunch of stuff and there there were so many people defending it they were like they're just saying because it it's a court case and i'm like Yes, they're they're saying that because of the court case. You're absolutely one hundred percent correct. Yeah. But it's also like there's no defending it because we know that Nintendo they released their hardware sales as well as PlayStation. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not a secret. Xbox usually doesn't disclose their hardware sales. But the caveat to that is that Xbox um, isn't necessarily only in the uh, Xbox business. Like they're going to the cloud, they put their games day one on PC yeah. on a streaming service essentially. Um, so they're not necessarily trying to sell you the box, even though it'd be lying to say that they weren't trying to sell you the box. Um, I mean, Xbox Game Pass is coming to Samsung TVs, like eventually it'll be an app on your TV, just like Netflix is, like Hulu is, like Max yeah. is. They're even making, um, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but they're, like, making that almost, like, Amazon Fire Stick kind of thing. Yeah. That you'll be able to plug into. Kind of ordeal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's, that's gonna, I'm, I was almost gonna say that's, that's the future, but it's almost here. Like, yeah, Samsung already has this stuff, and, like, streaming is here, and that's another huge thing that was in this court case, and we'll get to that when we do the deep dive on it, because, um, I feel like that's, like, a niche part of the the, the court case but that is one of the things that the ftc is trying to argue against that that since they like stepped up early into the streaming game that they have the advantage on sony now yeah. and um that's just not true necessarily uh the ftc doesn't look very good <laughs> in this court case uh because they're asking a lot of like layman terms for gaming things and it, it's just super funny but we'll get into that and much more later down the road uh, so we're going to transition to the second point, which is Bethesda didn't understand why Starfield is exclusive, but Call of Duty won't be. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think Call of Duty should be an exclusive? No. Uh, Call of Duty... I, like, okay, so there, there's multiple reasons why I don't think it, it should be exclusive. For one... Why would Activision want to do that? Why would Microsoft want to do that when it is the biggest money maker in the gaming industry? Um, they make billions every year just from cosmetic microtransactions alone. So it, it wouldn't make any sense to to uh, gatekeep it by having it uh, Xbox exclusive. Um, that I feel like that would just hurt Activision and it would also her xbox um and then like on top of that i don't think a lot of people are going to be going out of their way to buy xboxes just so they can play call of duty um that just doesn't really seem like something that would happen uh in my opinion so i don't know there's there's like a lot of factors that play into it i don't think it would be a smart move at all um and i totally understand why they want to keep it multi-platform hundred uh, percent. There's a massive player base on PlayStation, even the older ones like PS4. Yeah. Um, and p between PS5 and PC, I would wager that that is the majority of your player base. Exactly. Um, just considering the hardware sales. So sure, you would sell an an X amount of more Xboxes. Um, like you're gonna do a Starfield, right? Because you can only play Starfield right now on Xbox and PC. That's not going to change because, I mean, Bethesda is owned by Xbox now. That's a first-party studio. Um, and I would honestly wager that most of Bethesda would was probably upset when they heard the news that it was going to be an exclusive to Xbox, only because you're limiting your player base and you're limiting it to the smallest amount of people in the gaming sphere. 
Um, like, sure, you're going to move, mo like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like, units, I guess. Um, yeah. But at the same time, there. this is another point that I was going to bring up, but since we're talking about it now, I'll bring it up now. Um, before the acquisition of ZeniMax from Xbox, um, Starfield was in early talks to be a PlayStation exclusive, um, which is super interesting. And it would make sense from the perspective that Sony likes to go to third-party developers and be like, hey, we're going to give you a buttload of money, but you're going to give us your game as an exclusive. Uh, most recently, Final Fantasy XVI, um, which is another... I don't want to transition there yet, but we'll talk about it later in the episode about how um, Xbox went out and tried to acquire a couple more studios. And by a couple, I mean almost all of them. Um <laughs> Not they didn't try to acquire all of them, but like the names that they were brought up internally, um, was at least a dozen of big studios that they were like, Hey, we're interested in buying you. I don't like if they went out and actually talked to them, that's a whole other story. But we do know now because of all the leaks from the court case, all the insiders in gaming, um, that there were concrete talks, and like for instance, um, I believe it was Imran Khan. If if I get that wrong, I apologize. Um, he said that they were going to go try to acquire Bungie. Or was it Remedy? I can't remember if it's Remedy or Bungie. But he, they went out to try to acquire a huge studio, right? Um, yeah. And the next day, Phil Spencer came out and denied it, like, straight up. Like, hey, we didn't do this. And then the court case happens, and it leaks that the actual documents were there. Of <laughs> Like, yep, they went. They definitely went and tried that. So yeah, um, that's just a little interesting little fun fact, I suppose. Um, sure. Yeah, but in terms of Call of Duty, right? Obviously, making that exclusive wouldn't make sense anywhere besides for Xbox fans. And that's not a good enough reason to do it. Um, Bobby Kotick, Kotick, whatever. Um, we've already talked about him on the podcast and how we're not fans and no one should be. But yeah. um, he came out and was saying that he would, if it was up to him, exclusivity wouldn't even be a thing um, because he wants money. And that's all he cares about is money yeah. and power. So, yeah, but also, it doesn't make sense. Also, at the same time, like, exclusivity, uh, like, or the lack of it would, would help just gaming in general because then you can just play any game anywhere with anyone. Um, 100%. So, so it's like a, it's like a, you know, it's a win-win, but that's only for like the third party publishers like winning cuz like obviously the the different platforms wouldn't be benefiting from that in any way exactly and i think there will always be um exclusives just because yeah. i mean that's just how it's always been and uh, i mean eventually maybe it gets that way cuz I, I don't think we anyone ever expected to have a universal cross play cross progression system at least like not a decade ago um, yeah like, you can talk to your friends on Discord on PC to PS4 to Xbox. And that's actually how we play Fortnite. Everyone's on a different platform. Yeah. Um, which is very cool. Like, you don't have to use in-game chat. You can use an actual um, voice chat system, which is fantastic. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. I feel like first-party studios are made, developed, and created to have that experience on that console, right? So another thing that leaked from the um from this court case was that Sony used Sharpie on classified dark documents <laughs> and they did it on the price of a few of their games and The Last of Us Part 2 was one of them and it cost 220 million dollars to make yeah. um like and bringing that to other platforms obviously would make that back but they're all they're doing that anyway on xbox plus they're moving the hardware with that game yeah. um so i i get it that from a business standpoint you you want that but at the same time like software sales would skyrocket but hardware sales would probably plummet because everyone would probably exactly. just go buy pcs right because if you're if you're in the console space and you're putting everything on PC, there's a reason why PlayStation is doing it two years after, right? It's because if if they put it out day one like Xbox was doing, everyone would just go to PC because you can constantly upgrade your machine and you're not, you know, uh, 
holstered down to older hardware. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, yeah, it's just it's interesting uh, how all that's like playing out. Um, to go back to the like sharpies on the documents and everything. Um, it that's also like an interesting like topic of discussion. Uh, with like these massive budgets because all all of like the games that were like listed off were like around like 200 million so like mm-hmm. last of us part two god of war ragnarok um horizon as well yeah horizon as well and so uh that just kind of like shows why games are taking you know like so long to make now like all these big triple a games are like five plus years for the most part um yep. and it's because of these like massive budgets that they're that they're putting into these games they're they have like a lot more resources than they did before so they're taking a lot more time to make and and with those budgets they're doing a lot more ambitious stuff than they would be able to before um so it's just kind of like showing this shift in the industry how like these long development times are here to stay and that is the new norm now um and uh, on top of that uh i think we've like kind of talked about it a little bit before but it kind of seems like the direction that a lot of uh like 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 sony and um xbox and even like third-party publishers are doing now is is uh taking the route of licensed games uh because they make a lot more money than some of their like first party titles um that's why you know like sony has that deal with like the spider-man games um that's just like bringing them in a lot of money uh and then you know we're getting like other marvel projects in the future and like star wars games and then hogwarts legacy was is still making bank um yeah so it's just like kind of interesting what like this is the first time we're we're getting like a deep dive into like the inner workings of the game industry i mean like obviously we we all know like for those of us who are very invested in gaming we know a lot about game development but we don't know a lot about the inner workings of like publishers and platforms and how all of that is like interconnected um so it's it's crazy honestly it's insane that the public eye is being able to like see all this stuff right now 100 percent. um and that's what a lot of this court case came out and like has has really brought to the light um yeah like we, we've touched on a few things but i, I want to trend not transition necessarily but go to another point that i wanted to talk about which was um things that we that we could infer and that some insiders you know try to tell us even though we can't necessarily verify that um but one little interesting tidbit that i I thought was interesting is that you mentioned like the licensed games and stuff um there's a licensed game that xbox has that is now exclusive and we know that because the court case has confirmed that um it is coming day one to xbox game pass and that is no other than indiana jones um when Lucasfilm gave the rights out to make this game, they gave it out under the uh, assumption that it was going to be, well, they agreed to make it multi-platform, so PlayStation would be getting it. But yeah. since Xbox acquired um, uh, Bethesda, who is making the game, Machine Games, and making that title, um, that is now an Xbox exclusive, which is a huge get for Xbox uh, and a huge blow for PlayStation. Um but another one um, is IO. They're the people that make the Hitman games. Mm-hmm. They're doing a James Bond game. And um, that was actually another one of the studios that Xbox went and tried to acquire, funnily enough. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, licensing games are a huge thing. And like you said, Hogwarts Legacy is a massive thing um, that's still selling. Um, my girlfriend, who isn't a huge gamer, has been consuming my PlayStation the last couple of nights because she's been playing Hogwarts. She's been sucked <laughs> in. And it's super fun watching a non-gamer try to play video games. Uh, it's both frustrating and rewarding because when she gets it, it's super funny. 
but she cannot fly a broom to save her life. <laughs> <laughs> and it's super hilarious. I can't get over it. Um, but another point that you did touch on, Drew, was that um, the hardware stuff. And this is an interesting thing that came out from uh, from the court case is that Microsoft thinks that there's a PlayStation 5 Slim coming this year. And on top of that, they think that the handheld, uh, I forget what it's called, something or another, um, uh, the Project Q, is that what it is? I can't remember, honestly. I can't remember. It's the handheld with the, the DualSense sides and the, the screen in the middle. Yeah. Um, if you watch the PlayStation Showcase, you know it, or you might have seen the pictures by now. Uh, they think that that's going to be under $300, uh, which is a thing that they've been talking about in order to acquire Activision Blizzard because they're in the... Um, they're trying to get into like the the mobile cloud streaming sphere, and they're like, "Hey, our competitors are doing this, and they're about to launch both new hardware. It's not new hardware; it's just a slim version of the PlayStation Five, of course. Um, yeah. PlayStation is notoriously known for doing this um, throughout every generation, really. Um, actually, every single generation has had a slim. I think maybe except for no, PlayStation One had one too. It wasn't a slim necessarily; it's just a smaller version. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's go ahead. Uh, so with the this like potential PlayStation Five Slim, um, I I'm like really interested. For one, if they're gonna like stick with the faceplates kind of like setup that they have for the PS Five, um, but also I'm really curious how they're gonna how they're making it because, um. Recently, a lot of people have had uh, like overheating issues with the PS5. Uh, granted, like a lot of that lies within the way that Final Fantasy 16 was developed. Um, yeah. It just, I guess, wasn't optimized as well as it should be. Um, and so that that's more of I say that's more of an issue of like the game developers than the the hardware itself. Um, no, uh, but I wonder if like this PS5 Slim, if they're gonna address those issues um, and how they're gonna do that. Cause obviously like the console needs to be smaller since it's a Slim, um, mm -hmm. but I'm just, I'm really curious how they're gonna handle like the cooling system since the PS5 is as massive as it is because it needs all of that extra cooling. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't. I don't know how these things are made. I won't pretend to know uh, because there's a lot of science that goes into them. But uh, for instance, like I have no idea how Xbox gradually kept making a pow more powerful console and putting it in a smaller box last generation. Yeah. Because like when they got to the Xbox One X, like that thing was tiny, dude. Like, oh yeah. You could put that pick that up like two fingers, and and it was it was the strongest console then. Uh, yeah. Which is super funny, but yeah, both these new consoles are kind of goofy. Uh, I love them, but they're goofy. Oh they're, yeah, they're they're kind of bigger than they need to be. So I'm sure they've found over the last what probably four years now because they probably had to get production on uh, pretty early to get these things out. So it was probably like early 2020s when I started that. Yeah. Um, I'm sure like the last three and a half years they figured out how to do it, but of course we don't know how they do it, but. Um, that's a fun little thing, but I don't sure. want to move off of consoles right now. I want to mention something that was also mentioned in this court case, and which I think is super interesting. Probably hmm. my favorite part of this. Microsoft says the next generation of consoles, i.e. the PlayStation 6, uh, are coming in 2028. Now, that is eight years after the launch of um, the PS5 and the Xbox Series. Series? Is that, is that how you would say it? Series, series? <laughs> That's the that series so of long, Xbox but... series. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a series S and a series X instead of saying that the series series. I don't know. The Xbox <laughs> series, I guess. Imagine an apostrophe at the end of the S. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> English is weird, dude. Um, <laughs> but the next generation is coming in 2028. That's like their projection, I would suppose. I'm assuming that's I mean, it's, it's, it's everything else is coming under oath in, a, in the court of law. I mean, you have to imagine that that is their best guess if they don't 
know for a fact. Yeah. Um, barring another global pandemic, hopefully not. Uh, but 2028, I mean, it, that would make sense. Eight years after the launch, you know, it was what, seven years, I believe, for. Um, yeah, PS3 I think. To, 2013 to 2020. I yeah, I think like both like the Xbox One and the PS4, and then also the 360 and PS3 were around like seven years for, for their console cycles. So it's interesting that we're getting an extra year uh, between this uh, generation cycle. Um, and if last generation is anything to tell us, then there's probably going to be a half step as well. Um, for well, Xbox, I, was, I was actually going to say something really <laughs> interesting about that because Phil Spencer said that they don't have any plans to do like a half step console for the Xbox. Um at least until PlayStation does it. And then yeah, Xbox I mean like that like, that can that can totally change, obviously. Yeah. Um but I thought that was a really interesting um piece of information that they dropped during the the hearing. Um and that almost has me wondering if if they're not planning to do that right now, like maybe playstation isn't or wasn't either but that that could change now like maybe playstation heard that and they're like "Ooh, that's our time to to jump in um that's true i would totally be fine if they didn't like have a half step uh this generation that way i don't mm-hmm. feel the need to upgrade but um yeah it'll it'll be interesting to see how that ends up playing out yeah not and like we're three years into this or almost three years into this console launch right and we've seen games that have been magnificent right like god of war ragnarok horizon has really gotten the the power of the playstation and showcased it right even demon souls which was a launch title um, yeah and then on the xbox side like halo infinite um forza has went on to show us what these consoles can do but the third party stuff has shown us that hey uh there's still a lot to be desired here. Even with like Final Fantasy 16, while that game is absolutely fantastic, um, that game is not as impressive to me as Final Fantasy 7 was. Um, yeah. The character models aren't as impressive as 7, in my opinion. And maybe that's because 7 is just getting a different kind of love and care due to its um, goat-like status in the gaming community. Mm-hmm. But it's, to me... I feel like Final Fantasy would have been better a year from now, right? Yeah, um, I, I agree. And that's just like my one-third of the way through thoughts. Um, we will be doing an official review eventually, but until then, that's what you're getting from me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But like, not not even just like pick on Final Fantasy 16, because I do think that's an incredible game, but it's not perfect, and it's not... Um, to me, it doesn't feel super next-gen, yeah. But at the same time, it does. It's like you can see the scope and the scale of it. There's nothing that's come close to that game in a long time, if ever. You know, and like the big like cutscenes yeah. and stuff. I was and, gonna like, say like the the like epic like massive moments that they have like that that is so next incredible. gen like that is yeah 100%. really cool stuff. Um, but I'd say like everything else, also. yeah, the the environments, but like everything else doesn't feel doesn't like match up with that stuff which is really interesting um but yeah uh like it, it it's not something that like is super bothersome to me no. um but it's just something that's noticeable i guess 100 percent. and like we said that like that's not a negative thing that's just criticism and there can be healthy criticism and discussion without being you know shitting on something so that's that's yeah. kind of what we try to do here but some things we can't but that's not the case for final fantasy 16 um yeah and so there's a few more points i want to hit real quick for the xbox thing uh transitioning back to it um i'm trying to find the list of the studios that xbox tried to acquire (laughs) um because i mean that thing was mad right yeah um so here's just a few of them and um like sega was a was a huge one right Mm -hmm. Um, imagine if Sonic was on the Xbox, dude. Like, I'm I'm talking about. Just like I don't. As an exclusive. I don't want to imagine that. <laughs> I mean, they have Banjo. They have. Uh, they'll have Crash if this goes through. 
Like, they could do a lot of stuff with this. Yeah, for sure. But Xbox, not not just Xbox, there needs to be more platformers in general. Um, dude, Xbox needs to tell Activision to make another Spyro. Because um, it's a long overdue. And I thought for sure that we were getting one after, like, the huge success of the Reignited trilogy. And right. then they were like, nah, I'm going to head out. Uh, yeah, which I cowards. think part of part, yeah, I think part of that was because whenever Warzone came out, I remember they took the studio that was the developers of the Reignited trilogy and they threw them onto to Call of Duty, and they like did that with like a lot of Activision studios, um, mm-hmm. which that that's a whole different topic for another discussion, but. That's that is something that I hope Xbox works on with Activision and like it'd be really cool if they stopped doing yearly Call of Duty releases and like had a gap in between them. Make them um, like a make them like events again, like how we want Star Wars to be. Make the movies events. Make Call of Duty an event. Yes, exactly. Um, that way they're giving their developers more time to to make something even better. Um, and then also you don't feel this rush to just play through all the content before the next one comes out um yep like i mean this year we weren't supposed to get another call of duty it wasn't originally planned they were going to make an expansion to modern warfare 2 but then that expanded into a fully fledged game which is currently rumored to be modern warfare 3 um or i mean it's basically been leaked already uh but but like I was like so looking forward to having a gap in between Call of Duty releases, but it's not happening anymore. And that's a huge thing that's going on in the gaming industry that I kind of want to put a pause to as well, um, because it's not always panning out the way that both the fans want and the developers want. Yeah. Uh, most namely, since we've started this podcast, um, Factions from Naughty Dog, which is the last of his multiplayer project, was originally supposed to be attacked on, not tacked on, but it was a, a mode coming to the last of his part two. And then before a year, like a couple months before the launch, like in 2019, they said, Hey, this has gotten out of hand. Like it's a bigger, grander scope than we anticipated. Um, it's no longer like a tacked on mode. It is a full fledged game. And now that game may never see the light of day. Um, yeah. Another thing is that, like, Miles Morales is a fantastic thing, um, but I feel like Miles also deserves a fully like fledged like double the experience as like Spider Man is, um, and like we can totally get that in Spider Man too now. But I think this would be an interesting conversation to have one day on on a podcast about um, about about DLC content that expands and that how that sometimes fleshes out because I think Miles fleshed out fantastically. Yeah, but. At the same time, I think that it could have been fleshed out even more, but then there's also deadlines and whatnot, and that's yeah. a whole that's a whole other bag of worms. Um, I have found a small little list um, of the studios that Xbox tried to acquire. So, like we said, Sega was one of them. Um, if you don't know what Sega is, Sonic. Uh, there's more stuff, obviously, but Sonic's your big guy. Um, like we said, they tried to go get the Hitman developers and IO Interactive. The Pokemon Go creators in Niantic, which that would have been interesting. Um, yeah. The mobile gaming juggernaut Zynga, uh, Zynga. I don't know how to pronounce that. Z y n g a. I don't know. Fake game developer. Their mobile games. No, <laughs> they got bought by Take Two, and then the two big, two of the bigger ones. Uh, I would say is they tried to buy Supergiant Games, which is like Hades, Transistor. Um, oh crap, I'm blanking on that one that I liked a lot. Uh, shoot, whatever Hades. Um, that would have been a big get for Microsoft if they got Hades 2 as an exclusive, that would have been awesome. Um, but this little list, or the, the top of the list, rather, I don't know what I'm saying. Um, Microsoft went out a few years ago and tried to buy Bungie, which is both funny in hindsight in two ways. So, Bungie. Um, if you're if you're into gaming, you likely know what Bungie's done. But if you don't know, Bungie's pedigree is Halo and Destiny, um, which is funny because Halo obviously is um, the marquee title for 
Xbox. Yeah. And it's funny that they, Xbox couldn't go out and get them. Microsoft used to used to own Bungie. Like they were a Microsoft studio. So it's exactly. like, it's, it's very interesting. <laughs> they went and tried to buy them uh again and I guess it just didn't pan out. And then I think it was yeah. last year or the year before Bungie got bought by PlayStation. Um and that's one thing I guess that that could lead to another conversation during the FTC talk is that um both Destiny in the future, the new game Marathon from Bungie that's coming out in a couple of years. Um, if not next year, is it? Was it next year or the year after next? Uh, there is no date slated on it actually. Okay, so it's probably the year after next, likely then. Um, but those aren't going to be exclusive to PlayStation, which is funny. Um, but anywho, that's a that's a little small little tangent of studios that Xbox tried to go out and get. Um, and yeah, that's that's a the huge highlights that we wanted to hit on this episode before we do like a super deep dive on everything um, talked about. Uh, do you have any final thoughts on this, the, these highlights, Drewby? Uh, not, not really. Uh, I think we kind of covered it for the most part. Um, it's just like, again, it's insane that we're like finding all of this stuff out. Agreed. Uh, it's been very fun. The last couple of weeks on Twitter, um, both from the console wars perspective, to say, uh, <laughs> yeah. and just like finding out legitimate information that we never thought would ever come out. But that's been extremely fun to to um, to no longer speculate on to just you know actually know. So yeah, so we're gonna go to the second big piece of news um because we considered the highlights for the xbox ftc thing to be the first piece so this is the second biggest piece and it's it's kind of xbox related but only if the ftc approves it well there's other stuff like the cma for the uk has to approve it as well but yeah again we'll get into that later um diablo 4 season one has been unveiled it's Pre-release date is July 18th. This is when the patch comes, the quality of life changes, and even the new legendaries and uniques added in the season will be able to start dropping in the Eternal Realm, which is your, um, the character that you have now, right? So uh, then when season one drops, which is two days from then, July 20th, uh, this is the real release date when the season of Malignant actually launches. Great movie, uh, by the way. Malignant. Yes, fan- fantastic <laughs> movie. Uh, James Wan, you need to go watch it if you haven't. Very good campy horror. Um, and one of the best twists in cinema the last few years. Um, but here's what you can expect in season one of Diablo 4. Uh, we could almost do a whole podcast on this, but we'll, we'll keep it kind of brief. Uh, you will create a new seasonal character that you can play the new storyline with the new seasonal mechanics and make your way through the paid and free version of the battle pass um so there's going to be a new story element uh there's a new character his name is corman uh who requests our help with the new malignant plague spreading across the land which infects monsters and supercharges them with gross blights and tentacles and stuff uh you will start the new story immediately in kiel the shad if you already beaten the campaign you have to beat the campaign to do this. Um, so go beat the campaign to do the story content. Yeah. Um, there's a the seasonal mechanic this time is called caged hearts. Uh, they work like gems. If gems had a strong legendary power, um, so think like Diablo Immortal, but free. Um, <laughs> there's three colors of the hearts. They'll go into the three colors of the corrupted sockets on your armor. Um, there's a battle pass. If you've played any multiplayer game within the last five years, you know what a battle pass is. Shout out Fortnite again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and man. real quick on, on that point, uh, they showed some of the cosmetics that you can get, and they look sick. Oh, dude, they look so good. I cannot wait for season one to drop. Yeah. Um, if if you don't know or haven't seen this, go look up the the uh, the season armor cosmetic thing. Um, I guess that's what you would call it, seasonal cosmetics. 
there's five different ones for each class and man they just look so cool i can't wait um but yeah july 20th is when that drops and i'm super excited you you excited jerby yeah absolutely um i haven't been playing diablo as much lately just because i've been kind of waiting for this season to drop um so i'm super hyped to like get back into the game uh i never i've never like done seasonal content in diablo before i've never like tried the seasonal characters so Mm -hmm. i'm really excited like this is gonna be my first time experiencing that um and so i'm super stoked for that i'm really excited to get more story content um and like see how the game evolves moving forward uh also i'm really excited to try out pvp too uh because i've never done diablo pvp before um so yeah like uh, it's just gonna be like really fun making builds for my seasonal character that like actually matter um instead of just like trying different things here and there like you know like using i don't want to say like necessarily using meta builds because i always try to like be a little bit different than the the usual meta in games um but like having builds that like are smart and make sense and finding loot that coincides with that so yeah i'm I'm really hyped for that because that's the kind of like stuff that i love in in games like destiny is like having like really cool builds with awesome loot and then like showing that all off and exactly all that fun stuff so that's the great part about looter shooters and not even shooters but just looting games um is showing off the loot to your friends and whatnot uh, we won't go super deep into this just in case you're not into Diablo, but this is just a small little thing. So the season features, again, are new quest line, new power. There's a new boss battle. They added a new boss um, and new gear. Six new unique items and seven new legendary aspects to earn along the season journey. Um, and some of the free rewards, um, you can play this the season, like the chapters, the season uh, story for free. Um, the blessings are free. Um, you get a seasonal title that you can earn. Um, and then clothing and weapon transmogs, those are part of the free battle pass, so you don't have to pay for those unless you want. Um, it's not a pay-to-win scenario. It's just a, um, cosmetics for Diablo, which is fantastic. If you don't want the cosmetics that are in the battle pass, don't get the battle pass. Um, everything else is free, and you don't have to worry about that. Um, and there's, there's a mount skin that's coming. Uh, maybe it's not a skin. Maybe it's an actual mount. I can't. I can't really speak to that. Um, there's trophies, emotes, platinum, and more also coming. And there's also an accelerated battle pass emote. If you get that, that's a little bit more money. But hey, if you're into Diablo heavy, you might as well do it right. Yeah. Um, I, got, I think I got like the the hundred dollars most expensive edition, so I probably got that. Um, because I wanted to play it a couple days early. So, um. I probably got that emote. And then there's 20 tier skips as well if you do the accelerated battle pass. So it, it, it puts you at a little less grinding if that's your thing. If you don't want to grind as much, you can pay to win that way. But again, you're just winning cosmetics. So um, you're not really winning much. But yeah, so that's that's what we got on Diablo 4. Season 1 starts in uh, under two weeks now. I think it's two weeks from uh, Thursday. So yesterday. So we're under two weeks now. Um, exciting stuff. I can't wait to come back in. I don't know what I'm doing for my next character. I think it might be Barbarian because that's usually my main. I went with Sorcerer this time as we talked about in the Diablo 4 review. If you haven't listened to that, please go check that out. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to go Barb this time. I th- I think. I want to do like a tanky character. Um, spin the win, of course. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll, I might change my mind from here to until Season 1. We still have a little to under two weeks. Um, yeah, so let's 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 jump back a little bit, Drewby. Let's let's use our grab hammers, hit the ground, jump back a little bit. All right, whoa, because we're going to talk about Bungie again. You ready for this? Whoa, Xbox, Xbox in here, dude. Yeah, you know how I be. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. uh, biggest Fable fan you'll ever meet. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I got nuts. Want some competent tea in it? Yeah, in it. I have a great British impression. If you haven't noticed. Um, Super big footy fan over here. Uh, All right, so this is tying back to the FTC thing, to the court case. Uh, It came out that Microsoft expects Bungie to release a new IP codename Matter in 2025. 
quote, ongoing support of Destiny 2 and development of new IP currently expected to release in 2025, end quote. Uh, important distinction is that Marathon is not Matter. So this is a different IP. Uh, I don't think that we know too much about it, except for the name, and that it got trademarked a couple years ago, uh, 2018, I believe. Um, it is a new, it's, it's Bungie's next original IP, right? Because Marathon is an older IP that they did that they're uh, revitalizing for a modern audience. Um, so this is a new IP from Bungie, expected in 2025. This is from IGN, who was sitting in on the FTC hearing. Um, what are your thoughts on this, Drewby? Um, I'm not going to lie. I kind of like spaced out for a second. <laughs> I was talking about Bungie's Matter in 2025. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why. I just, like, completely zoned out. Um, no we're leaving this in just because it's funny. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... I'm really excited to see Bungie get into a new IP, honestly. Because, um, I mean, like, yeah, sure, we got Marathon coming out, and I'm excited to see what that's all about but that's already an, an existing ip um so it's super exciting to hear bungie working on something new um i'm kind of hoping that you know it's going to be like a fantasy game or something like that like something different for them um, yeah I, hope so too. I, I know like one of their original games like one of, or it may have been the first game that bungie uh produced was I can't remember what it's called, but it was a, a like a fantasy game. So like they have fa like the fantasy genre in their roots. Um, so it'd be cool if they kind of like did something different. Um, I'm also curious if it's gonna be multi-platform or if it's just gonna be PlayStation exclusive. Because um, like we already know that Destiny and Marathon are both multi-platform. You'll be able to play them on PC, Xbox, and PlayStation. Um, so. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to to see that and i i'm pretty sure like they also have other like i, th I think like maybe one other ip in the works i remember there's like a lot of rumors circulating that they were working on some sort of uh like single player experience for destiny to like expand the the world of destiny um i don't know if that's something that they're still doing or if they ever were but that would be interesting too. Yeah, I agree. And I, I am of the mind as well that I hope that if I don't see why PlayStation necessarily buys Bungie, I mean, of course there's the financial aspect of it, but um, you got, eventually you have to do something with Bungie that's for you, right? That benefits you besides just money and benefits yeah. your brand. Um, so matter could be that, I mean, with it, with it being an original IP, People can't complain that, um, you know, like a Destiny, like a Halo, like even Marathon. Um, it's a it's a brand new original concept coming from Bungie. So they can't complain the same way that Starfield technically uh, is a new IP for um, Bethesda. It was just an agreement that it was coming to PlayStation beforehand. But again, yeah. it's new. You can't really complain all that much. Um, but yeah, that's exciting. New Bungie game. 2025 i'll take it which that kind of sure. makes sense right because if if marathon's on pace for um for 2024 even i mean they date it but at the same time we don't we don't know for sure when that's coming so if that comes out next year 2025 for the next experience from bungie would be very cool uh so i guess we're just going to wait and see for that one um, but sticking with playstation studios um the Fire Sprite Studios, which is the Concord developers, uh, want to be a marquee Sony developer. Uh, this is from Shinobi602 over on Twitter.com. Uh, Fire Sprite Games has expanded into a new studio to deliver, quote, showcase PlayStation games, end quote, and become a creative powerhouse within the PlayStation Studios family. The team is currently over 250 prod or people sorry not projects that would be absurd uh and in that comment section um so fire sprite is the one doing the concord game which is like the uh sci-fi game that was uh, kind of showcased at the uh playstation showcase it's, a couple months yeah, back it's just a game um, that we know exists that we know nothing with about. a name <laughs> yep with a name and some 
CG trailers. Uh, but in the comments of this, um, one user commented a picture and said that it was a list compilated by Zubitech over on Twitter, who's a great PlayStation follow if you're into that ecosystem. Um, this is from Fire Sprite itself. It says the current project is a triple A narrative adventure. The second project is a multiplayer new triple A IP action shooter. Uh, third project is a triple A IP multiplayer action. And fourth project is a story driven mobile adventure game IP. So this studio is could be one of the next studios for PlayStation that really takes us by storm uh, with multiple things in the works. Obviously, a mobile game doesn't take a whole lot of developers and development teams to do. Um, obviously, it could, depending on what that game looks like. Um, and for instance, Fire Sprite helped with a lot of major AAA games like Horizon. They also did the Horizon uh, VR game that just came out called The Wild, yeah. called The Mountain, called The Mountain. Um, and yeah, they're working on three AAA games. They're probably in various stages of development with one or maybe two of them in pre-development. So we don't know if those will see the light of day anytime soon, if ever. Um, but we know Concord's coming. That's probably the current project that because this is probably an older posting before um, before Concord was shown off. But yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. I think that Fire Sprite. Uh, definitely could come out wow us as the next big thing from PlayStation and just gaming in general. But mm. of course, we're just gonna have to wait and see for that to be actual confirmed. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm really hoping for that because um, I definitely think there there is some there there's there's room for new IPs to get introduced, and I I'd love to I'd love to see like another game that is like the next big thing. Especially if it's coming from PlayStation, because uh, like we talked about it before, they don't really have any like multiplayer games right now, uh, which exactly. is why they're doubling down on it um, so much. And I and I would love for them to have at least one like smash hit. Agreed, agreed. Um, and I think there's a good chance of that, especially with with Bungie creating whatever they're creating over there with Marathon and. Though that's not exclusive, that is a PlayStation kind of ordeal, and they can help the other PlayStation studios, uh, which even now it's been confirmed by Jason Schreier from Bloomberg that um, one of the reasons that The Last of Us Factions multiplayer project, whatever, um, wasn't shown or unveiled or whatnot is because the Bungie came in and was like, hey, this isn't, like, viable. Like, this isn't... Uh, this isn't worth showing right now and that's that might be a little bit more harsher than actual what happened but mm -hmm. i mean that that's essentially what happened right they they had plans to show it this year bungie was acquired and bungie is you know a highly respected one of the most um decorated multiplayer um uh, developers in the world in the history of gaming um with destiny and halo and even marathon before and they were like hey yeah that's let's let's just let's just pump the brakes for a little bit uh, put it on not ice, but you know, scale it back. Let's 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 work on it. Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll have to just wait and see what happens with Fire Sprite and multiplier or multiplayer. Does it multiplier? Multiplayer. Uh, you did say multiplier. Multiplier games. My my favorite. My my favorite games are multiplier <laughs> games. You know what I mean? I'm from down south in Texas. Some, with, with some Texas two ply, some two ply toilet paper. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I use that four ply, you know what I'm saying? We, we got <laughs> fix around here. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, so we got two stories left. Um, not great news, but we're we're gonna wrap it up here soon. So let's let's hit let's hit this one. All right. So by this comes from Bioware over on Twitter. After 12 years after launch, Bioware is handing the development of Star Wars: The Old Republic to Broadsword, who will continue to grow and evolve the game. Drewby, you're my Star Wars man. What do you think about this? Yeah, so, well, I have a few things to say. For one, I loved this game. I haven't played it in a few years, but I used to play this game all the time. Um, and it's still going strong. I mean, it still has a player base. Um, so I think this is a really great decision because this will allow the game to grow and expand. Um and also, I think this is 
even better for me being a Mass Effect fan and also a Dragon Age fan. Even though I'm not like a massive Dragon Age fan, I really like it um, and I want to see the new game. Um, so I think this is great not only for older public fans but also for Bioware fans because this is going to allow Bioware to get the next Mass Effect and the next Dragon Age to us a lot quicker um, yep. because they've got more manpower on both of those games um the only thing that sucks about this is that they they did say that some of the positions will not transfer over to uh gosh what what's the studio that they're uh moving it over to broad is it broadsword was that it yeah broadsword okay yeah uh they said that some of the job positions will not be transferring over to that so there are going to be some people losing their jobs which sucks um but, I mean, I guess it was to be expected. Um, uh, they did say that they're going to do everything they can to, to help them in this transitional period. So hopefully, like, I do hope those people find great jobs uh, shortly after this transition happens. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think this is a good move from them um, because... I want more Mass Effect, and I want more more Dragon Age ASAP. So, um, I have no idea what sword is, so I just looked this up, and they make two MMOs already. Yeah, uh, they're not obviously on the scale of Star Wars and the Old Republic, mm-hmm. but uh, that's the kind of their ordeal. They have only two, uh, but I mean, I guess having two MMOs is a pretty big deal, I guess. Uh, they have two of them called Ultima or Ultima Online and then Dark Age of Camelot. And I don't know either one of those, but I mean, it's an experienced um, MMO developer. So I'm assuming yeah. if if anything, they can they can keep the ship steady for those fans, right? For sure. Yeah, so I mean, this is good um, for any Bioware fan because... Uh, as much as people love Star Wars and the Old Republic, um, I think that they're not going to be too mad about getting the next Mass, Mass Effect and Dragon Age. Um, yeah. And obviously more people want those anyways. Um, For sure. Including us. So, and I, I mean, we're, we're not super far away from Dragon Age, right? Um, you would assume probably next year for that, probably. Yeah, I I honestly say we're we're not that far from Mass Effect either because both have been in development for a long while. So, Dragon Age next year, Mass Effect the year after, maybe. Yep, that would be the the timeline that I would assign to it as well. Um, exciting stuff. Um, so we'll just have to see how the old Republic fares, uh, in new hands. I don't, I, I doubt that it'll go under. At least not imminently. So, yeah. Um, if anything, they can keep the stip the ship steady, the stip shetty. <laughs> um, <laughs> obviously, um, we've been talking a lot today and playing games because I'm tripping over my own words. Uh, and then we got one last news story, um, and it's very sad, but we wanted to touch on this in the podcast. Um, Beyond Good and Evil 2's creative director passes away suddenly. Um, Emil Morrill, I think that's how you say his name, uh, has been at Ubisoft since 2009. Um, he passed away suddenly. He was 40 years old. Um, and this is from uh, Ubisoft themselves. It says, we would like to take a moment to acknowledge the significant impact he made over the years on different games that make up the rich history of our studio. Um, for us, Emil was a close friend and a boundless source of positive energy. We all valued his passion and the way that he told stories. Um, this is from Beyond Good and Evil 2 producer Greg Herm- Hermitson. I think is how you say his name. Um, you've been such a great and kind partner during all these years at Ubisoft. Be assured we will continue your work. Um, this is just a little update about Beyond Good and Evil. It says Beyond Good and Evil 2 was originally announced in 2008 before being shown for the first time at E3 2017. Since then, Ubisoft has been quietly working on the game without providing any meaningful uh, development updates. It's still in the works, but there's no word yet on when it will release. Um, yeah. I just wanted to give that a little spotlight because um, obviously it's tragic, but hopefully the work that he's been putting in for over a decade now comes to light. And um, Yeah. I, I really I, hope that the game 
gets finished and gets out there so we can see his work uh because uh, like obviously like him and the other people working on the game have put like an endless amount of hours into working on it so he deserves that that uh kind of closure agreed um and may rest in peace um obviously this is a huge passing in the gaming industry and um it's affecting a lot of people of course his family and friends but the gaming industry at large so we wanted to cover that here on the casket minds podcast um terrible name for the podcast given the last story but uh <laughs> yeah rest in peace emil um we hope to see your work one day um and can't wait to see what you were up to all these all this time and can't wait for it to pay off for you and the the guys um but that's going to do it for us on the Casket Minds podcast. Uh, once again, thanks for listening. And don't forget to like and subscribe to the Casket Minds podcast. To stay up to date on the latest gaming news and more. Uh, and we'll see you guys next week. I play Pokemon Go every day. I play Pokemon Go.